Welcome to Brews and Views. I'm Matt Briette, President and CEO of Commonwealth Partners Chamber of Entrepreneurs. And uh, my guest today is State Senator Scott Martin, who is also the new chairman of the Senate Education Committee. Uh, Scott, welcome back to Brews and Views. Oh, Matt, it's great to be back. Thanks for having me. You bet. Well, I was looking at uh, the last time we had a conversation. It was over two years ago, which is hard to believe that uh, it's been that long. Uh, And folks, if you want to listen to uh, just more about Scott's background and how he grew up, and I think it will tie in very much to our conversation today. That was uh, actually episode 34. We're uh, closing in on 100. So uh, you were one of the the early uh, uh, starts there, Scott. Um, So um, I want to jump right into it. Uh, uh, you know, you're the new chairman of the Education Committee. Um, that can be a pretty um, active committee. Uh, and of course, people's passions can run high on those issues. Uh, why would you want that committee in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, for me, it, it stems back to I've always had an interest on the development of our kids and the future opportunities that they have to better themselves. And you know, part of that is uh, might be my upbringing, which, you know, you referred back to in our earlier episodes. Uh, part of it is my background working in the juvenile justice system with kids who came from some pretty horrendous backgrounds. And what, you know, what would it take uh, to give them the opportunities to turn their life around and give them uh, hope for the future? Uh, but for me right now, uh, I see so much opportunity to better the world for our children in terms of the opportunities they have to succeed in life with what's going on in the current environment with COVID. Um, I, I, I think if there ever was a picture painted of why our kids need a, a quality education, they need education in their lives right now, even in these tough times. Uh, for me, um, when I got offered the opportunity to do this and to make some change, um, I jumped right on it. And I, I'm, I'm happy to do it. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to the challenges moving ahead. Well, there, there are absolutely some major challenges. Um, so one, you know, one of the challenges, of course, uh, is with COVID, where we are seeing a lot of the public schools uh, are not even physically present, I think over 40% of school districts are, are not physically uh, in their buildings. We've seen uh, over 50,000 kids um, choose alternatives to the traditional public schools uh, because of parents' frustration uh, with the lack of in-person uh, education. So, I mean, the timing of, of your assuming this committee, as well as uh, the very first bill that you put out a memo for, uh, Senate Bill 1, I think signifying the importance of this issue, uh, is to really uh, tackle these challenges um, that uh, kids uh, being really denied in some cases or unable uh, to get a a good education uh, during these challenging times. So uh, talk about Senate Bill 1 and why this has become such a major priority, uh, not only for you, but really the caucus, the fact that the uh, president pro tem, Jake Corman, uh, is uh, one of the prime sponsors along with you, I think signifies how important this issue is uh, to the Republican caucus in the Senate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Senator Corman, Senator Santo, who has a history of, of pushing for reforms and 
and giving more opportunities. You know, I look at what our kids have been exposed to, um, you know, where they all basically were shut down back in the spring. Um, we saw the statistics uh, around our state with rising uh, drug use. We see an increase in suicidal uh, behaviors. And um, you also hear the stories all around where you have schools that are really trying to open up and do the right thing. And then you have others where the kids are desperately who need this anchor in their life are trying to get back and uh, are not getting the opportunity. Uh, and that, to me, that's unacceptable. We, you know, we learned from the very beginning uh, that this was a low risk environment. We learned since then that if you know we had educators who uh, had underlying health conditions that we needed to be flexible with them, right? Um, but the bottom line is, is our kids need to be in school. They need education. They need this opportunity. And so many families were flocking to that when they realized in some places around the state that the opportunity wasn't there. As much as it was desperately needed for that child, they couldn't do it. So some were able to find the opportunities and others, obviously, because of some of the limitations on the availability of choice for our families, weren't there. So what we're looking to do, uh, and I look at it as being momentum because, and I don't even look at it as being necessarily a partisan issue because quite frankly, I hear from families who are Republican and families who are Democrat and everything in between uh, who want to have an educational opportunity for their child that is there. It's operating. It helps them grow and prepare for the future. And most importantly, they know it's right for them. And so Senate Bill 1 is going to look to build on that momentum. Uh, we're going to look at expanding uh, EITC and OSTC, uh, hopefully to increase the max caps on each. Uh, hopefully, you know, uh, I know we always wanted to try to get an escalator in that for those who have been very successful in drawing in those credit dollars uh, that we can expand that more. We're going to look at uh, uh, education savings accounts or how our kids are enrolled. You know, so many of our kids are really confined based on their zip code to a school that is not serving their best interests. But because of limited opportunities, they are stuck. Um, and that's not right. And we need to look at ways that we can get these kids into a more quality educational setting. You also may have heard, Matt, about the talking about uh, learning pods. You know, throughout this, we had families um, who were banding together to, to, to educate their kids. And of course, we wanted to find ways based on the success of this that, you know, we can have it defined, that we can exempt them from, you know, other provisions of the school code or regulations and things like that, that really restrict the success that it has and the good things that it's done in terms of educating kids um, and providing opportunity. And finally, um, what we're really looking at is charter-related reforms. Uh, you know, I think this wouldn't shock you that as, as the charter movement has grown and kids have found great success in it, uh, that there's been so many barriers that have been laid at their feet in terms of uh, their ability to, A, enter into a quote-unquote marketplace that so that kids could have an opportunity for a certain school. Um, and for me, if we can find ways to streamline this process more, uh, make sure we're not tilting the playing field, that the decision makers on whether or not a charter can be open in that school district is up to their competition, uh, which I, to me is just mind boggling. Um, so I think that the whole 30,000 foot view of Senate Bill 1 
is to really open up the opportunities for our kids there. Uh, and, and, and for me, there's no bigger calling that any of us can have than to, to make sure that their opportunities are put at the forefront. Well, uh, thanks for that summary, Scott. Uh, and it is really a comprehensive approach of saying, look, we need to um, create uh, new avenues as well as widen some of the other ones that already exist in Pennsylvania. I think that's one of the pluses that we've seen is that over the last two decades, we've seen um, uh, greater access for many, many kids, but there's still a lot more clamoring for these kinds of uh, educational choices. So uh, I just want to applaud and thank you and and uh, the other senators that are leading this charge. And, uh, you know, again, signifying Senate Bill 1 just shows what a, a huge priority this is to make sure that uh, every single kid is able to um, get the education that they deserve. Uh, and I know that you represent uh, the city of Lancaster. Uh, you have uh, Senator DeSanto representing the city of Harrisburg. And I know just uh, from my own involvement volunteering uh, that uh, these schools uh, are not doing well under COVID. Uh, remote learning is, uh, well, it might be remote, but there isn't much learning going on. And so creating opportunities, particularly for low-income uh, and uh, even the special needs uh, portion that you're talking about. I think these are all just absolutely necessary uh, and urgent. Um, and so to that, how, how quickly uh, are these things going to move? And uh, are these going to be uh, what I guess you would hope is programs uh, implemented as soon as possible? Well, obviously, you know, I look at it from two different perspectives. One, I would like to see this bill done as soon as possible. But also realize, given the current makeup of state government, you know, uh, with the Republicans controlling the General Assembly and obviously the governor uh, sitting there, um, I want to build momentum so we can get this bill signed into law. I, I want that pressure. And there, there's plenty of it around the state. There's I want to hear the stories from families. So we are probably going to have a couple hearings on, on what we need to do uh, in order to get this bill across the finish line. Uh, but really hear from the people who are benefiting from it the most or who have experienced um, what it's like to be stuck in a place where they don't have opportunities uh, to get a high quality education, whether it's from a parent's perspective, a student's perspective. Uh, to me, that means a lot in helping to build momentum. You know, I, I have found that, um, you know, we've been here. Uh, this is my fifth year in the General Assembly, so I still consider myself relatively new. Um, but I found when we build that kind of momentum behind various bills or topics, we tend to be able to be successful. But given the, the governor's history um, with prior bills that have put on his desk to expand EITC or whatnot that were disappointedly vetoed, I want to find a way that we can get this done. Uh, for me, um, when you're talking about opportunities for kids, I don't want to just see something that's put on his desk and he, and he, and he vetoes those kids' hopes and dreams and uh, the opportunities for those families. So uh, my goal is to build some momentum with well, uh, my hope is that uh, the issue of educational opportunity um, begins to uh, break down the, the partisan barriers that seem to exist kind of along the lines of, uh, you know, um, criminal justice reform. We've, I think we've transcended um, kind of party lines on uh, reforming our, our corrections and ways that we help people become productive members of society, you know, after having committed crimes. Um, I, I hope we can kind of view 
educational opportunity and school choice in that same uh, uh, you know lens at some point. That that's my hope, uh, and yes. so uh, I hope that uh, your efforts are successful in that. Well, we're going to kick it off here coming up. I believe it's on March the third. I believe it's a Wednesday morning. Uh, we're going to have a hearing with uh, PD, the Pennsylvania Department of Education, Department of Health, school superintendents, charter schools, cyber charters, the Catholic schools. And we're really going to talk about the hurdles that so many of them face because of some of the interference coming from uh, Harrisburg that you know really prevented our kids from being able to get into schools when they so desperately needed it the most. Um, you know, and Matt, I, I'm... My own family is a testament to it. You know, we're kind of a mixed bag from a standpoint. I have, you know, two sons who are just clamoring to go back uh, to school full time. And they were lucky to have that opportunity and that choice. And we're very thankful for it. But, you know, I have another do- a stepdaughter who's uh, Day Spring Christian Academy, and they've been back full time and, and they're definitely meeting her needs. And but then, you know, my uh, other stepdaughter, you know, the hybrid approach really wasn't you know, meeting it, we could tell the difference with with how she was, you know, uh, responding to things, not having social interactions like she needed, um, and and what we ended up finding uh, is a creative way that you know virtual education was right for her, and then getting her involved in other types of uh, activities to kind of fill that social gap. So, um, but you know, it was nice as a family we had those choices and to find what what's right for each of them. You know, and. It shouldn't be any different for any family. You know, any family should be able to find what's in the best interest of their kids. And we're going to try to get to the bottom of identifying those hurdles right away on March the 3rd. Uh, and hopefully that can set a stage as to, you know, why it's so important that we need to change things and make it easier for families to, to pick what's right for their kids. Well, amen to all of that. And, you know, your family um, is not unique in the sense that uh, I know with my own four kids, they all learn differently and uh, they absolutely need all those kinds of options. And we know that there are lots of families like both of ours that um, are clamoring for that that kind of choice. So I wish, you, I wish you all the best uh, in your endeavors. Of course, we'll be watching very closely, but appreciate your coming on Brews and Views to uh, share with all of our listeners across Pennsylvania about your good work and the efforts that are ahead. And uh, hopefully they'll encourage their state uh, senators and House members to uh, support uh, Senate Bill 1. Well, thanks for having me, Matt. And it's always good to come up here and and talk about anything that's pro-kid and their development and and a pro-family choice related bill and uh, look forward to coming back. Very good. We'll see you again soon. You've been listening to Brews and Views, a production of Commonwealth Partners Chamber of Entrepreneurs. Find us on Facebook at Commonwealth Partners and follow Matt Briette at M-A-T-T-B-R-O-U-I-L-L-E-T-T-E.